0: All right, uh, we're going to go ahead and get started. Um, I'm going to pray for us, kind of talk about what we're going to do and what we're going to do tonight, and then what I'd like to do in these next couple of weeks, okay? So let me pray for us. Lord, thank you. Um, thank you for creating us. Thank you for creating marriage. Uh, thank you for redeeming us, and thank you for redeeming marriage, Um So Lord, we ask that you would help us think clearly tonight. You would help us uh, to even uh, be rearranged and restructured in our hearts towards you and in our hearts towards each other and our hearts towards our spouses and our hearts towards marriage. So uh, do fill us with your spirit, Um, may you cause your text and our discussion to be uh, helpful and healthy and healing and redeeming um, and encouraging for all of us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, Daphne. Don, come on in, y'all. Hey, Chandra. Okay, so what I thought um, we would do, because we have four weeks, right? We have four weeks together, uh, is tackle marriage from several different angles and several different perspectives. But what I'd, I'd like to do in the midst of this is have uh, maybe on the third, not next week because I've got to give everybody a head start and enough warning, uh, but maybe like the third time, our third time of coming together is just have some representative uh, experiences of marriage. Um, like I'm going to ask Carol and she doesn't know, but have her experience, I'm going to ask Jennifer and Aaron, who I just did premarital counseling with, who uh, they were married before, not to each other, and uh, are uh, marrying each other, to have their experience, have a young couple's experience, um, have an older couple's experience, and talk about a certain topic that cuts through all of that. Like a same topic that might have been experienced differently by all these different um, experiences of marriage. Uh, and to have so have a discussion in a way that's helpful for all of us. Um, for instance, you know, what Carol might say, or when I was talking with Jennifer today, what they might say about this topic comes through a deep life story and a deep experience of um some relational wreckage, but because we know that God redeems our wreckage and redeems our relational wreckage, that it would be really good for all of us, including um, someone like Jennifer or Aaron talking about it, to share how that has been um, helpful, redeeming, and even how they're growing in a certain area. So anyhow, I'm trying to figure out exactly how to do it, and I was trying to explain it to Jennifer and Aaron, to try like inspire them, motivate them, make them do this. Um, so we'll see. But that'll happen the third time. So tonight, though, what I'd like to do is basically prime the pump and see um, what you're thinking about this topic, because it's going to help me go forward with how I'm going to plan it out. So here's what we're going to do tonight. I'm going to do some introduction... Uh, questions for discussion. Uh, also, there'll be a, some true and false. Um, and then I'm going to end on uh, the meaning of marriage. So just a, a small topic to just kind of nail what the meaning of marriage is. No, just a simple explanation of the power and the dynamics of the meaning of marriage. <laughs> Oh, I just, even as I say it, it cracks me up. Okay, so let's go this way. What is marriage? Let's talk about it. Like, what is the meaning of marriage? Uh, Why marriage? Why is marriage such a big deal? Let's think in terms of whiteboarding. Let's think in terms of no answer is wrong. Uh, Let's think in terms of if you were to describe the meaning of marriage, what kind of grammar would you put to that? What kind of images would you assign to it? How would you think about the meaning of marriage from the Bible, from your experience, from creation? What are some things that you would think about? The meaning of marriage. Why marriage? Why is marriage such a big deal? Oh, maybe it's not a big deal. I don't know. Why? What? Thoughts, Stephen. Ah, okay, so we go we go back to like the beginning. The beginning. I'm just gonna like throw that so I don't pick that up again. So it's it goes all the way back to the beginning, okay. The beginning with um with God. Uh the first people. And then Paul kind of picks up on it, so it seems to. Ah, yes, and then it somehow gets rooted in Jesus. Crazy stuff. Okay, so this is kind of a big deal, just even to think about, right? Just to think about, all right, marriage is a big deal because God has done something with it. God's made it. God's created it. All right, what else? Why is marriage a big deal? What's the meaning of marriage? okay so there's some dynamics there's some meaning that comes from this into marriage right yeah what else ah, now we have a co- yes very good so there's something about covenant relationship all right what else comes to mind. What comes to mind? Oh, a building block. Of s- Side, yes. <laughs> oh, Margaret. Taming men. All right, I'm putting it up there. Oh, man. Taming men. Yeah. Well, it hasn't worked on my dad yet, so I don't know why you're looking at him. <laughs> that just hasn't worked. So I don't, I don't think that's a real goal of marriage, because I really haven't seen that happen. All right, so building block of society. This is all, this is interesting. I mean, let, let's just think about this for a second. How can you call it a building block of society, though? Like, how can you say that? What's that? Okay, but you're saying the same thing, but why? How can you say that? How can you say family is a building block of society? How can you say this stuff? Oh, okay. So we're back to this stuff. Okay. All right. Just checking. Just checking. Anybody else want to say something before I move on to our next question to probe and pry? and? Why do you have to bring children into this thing? Good night. So we've got children now. Man, they infect everything. You're lucky. Yeah, I get that. Very good. Okay, children. Nice, nice. Okay, moving on here. All right, what? Anything else that, Wisecrack, did any of you want to say right now? All right. All right, what are the top problems, the most fundamental problems in marriage? What are the top issues in marriage counseling today? I'm going to be jumping all over the spot because this helps me. Again, plan for what we're going to be doing in the future. All right, here we go. What are the top problems, the most fundamental problems of marriage? What are the top marital counseling issues? Money, money, money. Justification. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my word. You teacher's pet. Holy cow. Jeepers. Beautiful, beautiful. Really good, Dave. It was really well done. All right, what else? Pride. What's that? Pride. pride. Okay. All right, pride. What else? I heard something over here. Daphne? Communication. Oh, Communica- <laughs> man. Oh, expectation. Would you care to elaborate on that, Chandra? <laughs> expectation versus reality. He, he under-promised and over-delivered. Oh, man. Very good. Yes, brother? Else is gonna oh, man. No, I'm going to say it. <laughs> what else? Ooh, all right. Abby, what do you mean? Like, l- little more texture? Uh, ah, yes. Yeah, that's good. All right. What In-laws. else? Let me. S- What's that? In-laws? In-laws. In-laws. Yes. What else? That's a You're going to have to explain that one, bud. The ah, okay, okay. So, I mean, is that passive-aggressive? What is that? That's... call it roommates. How's that? Roommates there. Yes. All right. Um, why do marriages, just to keep throwing it in, just to narrow our topic, why do marriages fail formally and functionally? Why do marriages fail formally and functionally? So a lot of this stuff, right? Is there anything else it, that question push you in another direction or even in a, in a, a more specific area of detriment? Um Meaning that what, why it fails, people not knowing that and living that and experiencing that. Oh, another prime pump for today. How are we going to say that? The um, Not the purpose of marriage. Good. That's really good. Okay, um, what are the hardest things you face in marriage? Oh Jeff, that's a little too uncomfortable. She's sitting he's sitting right next to me right now. And it's a room full of people. What are the hardest things? What else? (laughs) Crickets. (laughs) Self-justification. Uh, self-centeredness. Yeah, so it's going to be a lot of the same thing that we've already mentioned, right? Should be a lot of the same stuff we've mentioned over here. Is there anything that's not over here that we would add to? Pastics, that's great. Good. Good. Anything else? All right, how about this? If you were teaching a class on marriage or doing marriage counseling with a couple, what would be the top one to three things you would most definitely cover? If you were teaching a class on marriage or you were counseling, a couple came to you and needed marriage counseling... What would be the top one to three things, one, two, three things, you would absolutely cover, and you would absolutely want to make sure your class knew this or the couple that you were counseling knew these things or you would cover these things? Dealing with root problems, not symptoms. Okay, what else? Communication and commitment. And Daphne, when you say communication, what are you thinking of? Now, that's some real communication, right? So it's not just talking, and it's not just like even maybe just sharing your feelings. There's something happening. There's a certain kind of communication we're talking about. You said communication without judgment. That is a very interesting way to talk about communication and seeking to understand and be understood in that kind of a safety. I mean, that's interesting because Paul would say, look, As a Christian, there's therefore now no condemnation. There's no more of it, right? We tend to think, okay, yeah, I I like that about, you know, there's no more condemnation for me before God. And we usually stop there and we don't necessarily think before others, before the world, before myself, before the jerk that just did whatever they did. Uh, there's no more condemnation for my kids. There's no more condemnation in the way I parent. There's no more condemnation in the way I treat someone I disagree with. I mean, we could go on and on. That's, a, that's powerful. Okay, what else? Um, if you were teaching a class on marriage or doing marriage counseling with a couple, what would be the top one to three things you would cover? What would you want the engaged and newly married to know? List? Yes. Money. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Well, he's going to say justification, so you go. What? <laughs> Maybe this is oversimplifying things, but Jesus has to be in there somewhere. What do you mean? What do you mean? Oh. your view of him? Oh. now? Now you guys are thinking okay. Okay. All right, anything that you're like, I want to say something about this? So we're back to mission, almost. The mission and meaning, kind of the same thing, right? Purpose. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely going to need to tackle that in our time together. That might be its own class, gender, roles of men, women. Yeah, because there's just not really a lot of confusion in that area today, and, and there wasn't a confusion in that area in the 50s, or in the 60s, or 70s, or the 80s, or the 90s, or even in the 1500s, or the 1100s, or even when Augustine was around. No confusion whatsoever on any of that. Yeah, we'll cover that too. Okay, true or false, support your answer. True or false? You got to support your answer. You say true. I'm going to say why. You got to defend it. Okay. You don't have to be like five points in an illustration, but just you know maybe something, something for it. The meaning of marriage is being best friends. True or false? The meaning of marriage. Okay. Why? You got to defend it. Whatever that means, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anybody else? The meaning of marriage is best friends. Oh, excellent. An a meaning of marriage, but not the primary. Excellent. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah. Wait, say that again, Carol. Best friends. I don't know. I think we might have to look at that. Okay, how about this one? The number one problem in marriage is control. The number one problem in marriage is control. Wait, you can't ask me a question. I'm doing the true and false questions. That's against the rules. The n- number one problem of marriage is control true or false? What's that? True. true. All right, why? Right. Same yes. Very good. Anybody else want to tackle it, Brian? Huh? Yep. And of your is, and how those needs, are okay. Okay. Yeah, I like it. That's that. You know. Now I know I did a good, true, and false question. When you argue the other side, because that's what should happen. All right, how about this one? Anyone else want to speak to that? What was the question again? This was the number one problem in marriage is control. False? Why, Dan? The problem in marriage is the the okay, we got to figure out what that means. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're going to have to, what's that? Who is in control of our marriage? Are we in control, or is God in control? Who is control, or are we trusting? Yeah, that would be good if you monetize Yeah. we can't change the questions. No changing the questions, Dan. Yeah, no, excellent. Okay, anybody else want to speak to this? True, false? Yes, Sandy? So, you would say false. I'd say it's not the number one problem. I think it's a problem, but I think it's not it's the number one. It's good. Excellent. i say true. <laughs> 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 yes. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm starring this for my notes in the future. Yeah, go ahead. Is that a rhetorical question? Yes. Really good, bro. Very well thought there. Excellent. All right, anybody else? Yeah. Yeah, idolatry. Yeah, a lot of these, they can... You can start weaving and connecting these together from the glory of God. You know, all this could be kind of, it's interesting. Okay, how about this? Uh, Sexual intimacy in marriage is not a big deal. I'm trying to say it with a straight face. (laughs) 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 Sexual sexual intimacy in marriage is not a big deal. This is a true or false question. False. False. Would you care to elaborate? Not really. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh Well played, well played. All right. Um, Sexual intimacy in marriage is not a big deal. Right. Everyone probably would disagree with that. All right. Merit, this is still true or false? Marriage requires hard work. Okay, explain it. you got to explain it. Brian, go ahead. Yeah. Good, brother. Good. It wouldn't, need to be a it wouldn't, what? It wouldn't need to be a covenant. Oh, all right, Stephen, go, go. <laughs> go with that. I just mean that you have, you're promising to do something. Yep. You're promising to be part of the relationship. Yep. Everybody else giving the why's everybody agrees with it right what would be some of the why's it's hard work how why would you defend it that way that answer that yeah you got two sinners living together yeah that implies lots of stuff right away right Okay. Anybody else want to tackle that? A reason, the reason level? Oh, gosh. Yeah. We got to sit in that one for a little bit. Unnatural. Okay. No conflict in marriage no conflict in marriage no conflict in marriage is the sign of a healthy marriage that is so false. <laughs> that is so false. i can tell you that i see this over and over again I, these are not like pulled out of thin air like just i can tell you i have counseling issues with this all the time Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, but right? Yes. You would think, right? You would think. But and there might be some of us here, uh, but Many of us come into marriage believing that in our bones, even though we might formally never say it. Might have, Where right. Where conflict was bad, and so, <laughs> but... Yeah, if hypothetically if, speaking. But if it's like a healthy, like, way of figuring things out between you, then it's actually, it's healthy, it's good. Yeah. Um, so isn't it interesting, though, that there can be a view that conflict is bad, and you set up an expectation, right? And if everybody's looking for some sort of security or some sort of meaning to marriage... And you're grasping for meaning, and you've been told either by society or the family you grew up in or the relationship you first saw with your parents or whatever, that conflict is not a good thing. Okay, how about this? You can fix your spouse, true or false, The Enneagram solves most marriage problems. You are hard people, man. Hard people. Uh, divorce is a sin. Yeah. 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 This is good. This is good. Good, good. We will cover that. Anybody else want to say anything on this? Divorce is sin. Is he a morning person? (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) I resemble that comment. Okay. (laughs) What in the world? This is a conspiracy. Y'all need to, all right. Um, Dating is unbiblical. I mean, there's a whole book, and there was a whole movement called Kiss Dating Goodbye. Yeah, that worked out, didn't it, for him and everybody else. Okay, um... Sex should not be talked about in church. Okay. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see how, how much you guys tolerate that. Okay. Um, we're going to look at Genesis 1 through 2, and we're just going to look for clues to the meaning of marriage. Okay? That's what we're going to do. That's all we're doing today. So today is we're going to um, try to establish... The meaning of marriage. Um, I cannot tell you. um, Let's see. I've been doing pastoral care now for 20, 23 years as a minister, as a campus minister at another. Do you know? (laughs) Good night. What do you think was the number one topic as a campus minister when I was at Brown, when I was at Harvard? When I was at UMass, what do you think the number one topic it was? Huh? Dating. Dating. Relationships. Okay. So, and then I get into pastoral ministry thinking I'm escaping all that stuff. And what do you think the number one topic of pastoral ministry, counseling, pastoral care is? Marriage. Marriage. Okay. And so we're going to need to get to what is the meaning of it because I can tell you in, what let's just say that's 30 years of ministry, that I've I've been 30 years of ministry since even when I was in college. Let's just add on 30. Um, In 30 years of ministry, I have heard all kinds of meanings to marriage. I have witnessed all kinds of purpose and missions to marriage. And there are as many meanings and there are as many purposes and missions to marriage as there are individual hearts. And then you add in something called the world, which is a very real um, propagandist to the meaning of marriage. So much so that the Book of Revelation calls it a false prophet. So in the Book of Revelation, you have a false Trinity, you have a true Trinity, and a false Trinity. And the false Holy Spirit in the Book of Revelation. Is the one that tries to tell you what's real. It's called a false prophet, a false Holy Spirit. And I've heard all kinds of, all kinds of interpretations of reality for the meaning of marriage in 30 years of ministry. And I'm not talking just in the United States. I'm talking over in Russia. I'm talking down in Kazakhstan. I'm talking over in the Eastern Bloc countries, and I'm talking in Vienna and the Western. European countries, all similar missions and meanings of marriage. So it's a big deal because, honestly, it's, we could go to Jesus and we could say, you know, Jesus says, listen, you know, there's only two ways to, to build a life. One person builds a life on legit, like, rock, and another person builds a life on sand. And we don't know that we're actually building on these things until storms come. Right. Conflicts and relational discomfort hits a marriage, hits a relationship, hits a church, hits an individual, hits a family. And then all of a sudden, whatever we thought we were building our life on gets exposed. And I can tell you and Jesus will tell you, he's not telling that story to just say, hey, which one are you? He's saying to everyone he's speaking to, everyone builds their life on sand. And that's why I'm here, to learn to build your life on me. That's a whole different reality. So even as we talk about marriage, I want you to, you know more than you already think you do about this topic. And you know how to approach this topic even to help somebody more than you think you do. Because many of you know that that have been here for a while, you know that you can actually approach marriage as an older brother or a younger brother. That's a huge thing. That helps. The older brother's pursuing a meaning of marriage. The younger brother's pursuing a meaning of marriage. That's helpful to know. I mean, Jesus tells that story of the world, right? He's telling the story of sons and daughters of Adam and Eve, and he says, let me tell you about these sons and daughters of Adam and Eve. There's an older brother and a younger brother. Well, marriage is done that way. Right? So that's helpful, but we do need to figure out like what it is. I, For instance, I'm going to keep building and you know uh, protect the, I won't say the names, protect the guilty that might be in here that actually said this to me. I don't know. No, no one here has said this to me. I've had people come who were one week into marriage. I've had people come to me who were two months into marriage. I've had people come to me a year, five years, ten years, thirty years into marriage. And I'm sitting in a room. we got a nice one now. I haven't sat in many nice places. And I've sat there, and I've had the one spouse sit here. The other spouse sit take the seat as far away from that spouse. And then I'm sitting here, and, and the tension's so thick, you could just, you know, you could part it. And one spouse will say to the other spouse, looking me in the eye and saying, I go, I go, well, why, why are we here today? And that person will look me in the eye and say, I don't love them anymore. That's why we're here today. So what are you going to say to that person? What are you going to say? Your answer better be the meaning of marriage. Your answer better get down, like, to what the rock is really, really quick. So you know what I said? This is what I've said. I think I've said it now. I don't know how many times. This is this is what I say. So what? And and they're like, "You didn't hear me. I don't love them anymore." And I'm like, Because what we're going to do, if you want want my help, what we're going to do is we're going to get to what the meaning of marriage is. Your feelings are not the meaning of marriage. Man, if I rely on my feelings to move the engine and be the rock of my marriage, but I'll tell you this, because I would say this to that person right there so I don't lose them, right? I'll tell you this, if you get to the meaning of marriage, you'll find your feelings there. If you're ever going to find feelings, it's going to be coming from the engine of the meaning of marriage. If you're ever going to find communication, it's going to come from the meaning of marriage. If you're ever going to find how to actually heal and go forward and grow and whatever this thing is called, called marriage, it's going to come from the meaning of marriage. There's one engine. There's one rock. There's one meaning We've got to find it because you come in thinking you know what the meaning of marriage is. Your spouse comes in thinking what they think the meaning of marriage is. And you've got a culture and sitcoms telling you what they think the meaning of marriage is. Then you've got academic institutions telling you what it is or what it isn't. Right? I mean, that's what's happening all over. So we're going to figure out in 15 minutes the meaning of marriage. Passing your seatbelts. Let's go to Genesis 1 and 2. Uh, I'm going to read a text. I'm going to read the text because I have the text. And then we're just going to ask the text, are there any clues to the meaning of marriage in this text? And then we're just going to write a clue. Okay? That's all we're going to do for the, these 15 minutes. And at the end, hopefully, we'll have an answer. You with me? Okay, Uh, clue number one comes from Genesis 127, okay, so it goes like this, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. All we're asking of this text, this is the beginning, this is the beginning, like our upper thing that we had up here, the very beginning, so we're going to the very beginning. Are there any clues to the meaning of marriage in that text? All right, what? Ooh. Gender. All right. Anything else? Are there any clues to the meaning of marriage? We're, we're being very curious. We're playing Sherlock Holmes. We're holding everything loosely. We're just throwing it up there and making observations. We're just picking clues. Oh, I found the murder weapon. What? What'd you say? Trinity? Okay. What do you mean? Hey, can you elaborate on that just a tad? Uh, yeah, just the fact that we're supposed to pair Ah, OK, OK, OK. So the meaning could be in here. It's interesting. Okay, anybody else? That text? There's a goodness to it too. This is a list of things he created, and it was good. He created, he saw it was good. Yeah. So what would that, like, what does that do? Like, elaborate on that. So there's a goodness to it. I mean, it gave him pleasure to create the man and the woman. In this Excellent. So... oh i love this now we're being friends right now this is friendship go ahead larry I love it. Yeah, yeah. Implication, Steve. You were gonna say something. It doesn't, it doesn't talk about yeah, just slight technicality, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, it's, it's not saying God created marriage, but it's in depth. This point, it's just right. saying that. Yeah. Okay. All right, all good stuff. We're just looking for clues. We're just looking for clues. That's all. We're just playing Sherlock Holmes. Everybody got a little worked up over our first text. Yes, William? Yeah, so it's poetry as well. They've said it all. Oh. Okay, so your point about poetry, though, is what? Interesting. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Amanda, did you have a hand or Steve, you had a hand? Amanda? Three times. Whoa! What's three in the in the Hebrew? Interesting. Say, <laughs> so you're no longer Mr. Contrarian. Dang, I kind of liked you, dude. That was the Contrarian man. I like that. So, you know, she was about roles. Yes, role. <laughs> all right, all right. But hey, this is I. This I love William. I might be, like, going, like, too geekish on this. But, y'all, literary form is huge. It's the bucket. We so overlook the form to find the meaning. Like, oh, there can't be meaning in the form. But poetry, all of a sudden, now we're in poetry? When the first, what's the first words that, act well, let's let's say that. All right. Um, Why is, why is some of this important? Uh, We we can't, we got to get going or we're never going to get to it. All right, 128. We're going to keep going, 128. And God blessed them. This is right after 127, what we just read. And said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Um, are there clues to the meaning of marriage in here? Yeah, be fruitful, multiply. Why is that a clue, though? Like, what is that? Uh, I mean, it's saying this is your, your purpose is to Oh, perform. yes. Okay, so we have purpose here. We have mission here, right? He's telling us to do something. There's a purpose and there's a mission. A blessing. A what? Yeah, blessing, command. Yeah, okay, good. Now, let's, let's do this. Let's just say some things, make some conclusions, though we're not coming to an, an answer. When, when we say there's something good, and when we say that there's a purpose and a mission and a blessing and a command, what God is doing here is he's actually establishing reality. Well, what's good? Whatever that is. Right, I mean, there's going to be a real big like, cosmic shift that's going to happen in the world because there's going to be this issue of who's going to interpret what's good. The knowledge of the tree of good and evil, right? So interpretation is a big deal. Reality is a big deal. In other words, there's, there's reality, there's something happened, something has been done, and then there's an interpretation of it interpretation of it's a pretty big deal. But what we're looking at right now is that God has, in his creation, packed some of his glory into what he just made. That's why there's some sort of goodness to it. That's why there's some sort of life to it. It didn't just come out of nowhere. It actually came from the glory of God. God created it. God God called it and made it real, solid, right? Right? And so even now you can think about sin, sin's an upside down of that, sin's the negation of that. Sin is the nothingness, it's like you turn from good to nothing, but it's an active, powerful, destructive nothing. Decreation is a power, it's not, it's not this neutral nice thing, it is actually hell being unleashed, Right? floods instead of solid ground. So this is interesting. I mean, so I I think it's just really good to see, like, when we talk to people, too, what we're... This isn't just like... I know we need to do this sometimes. to just pull ourselves out of our children's Bible stories. And we need to be saying, oh, my word, this is reality. God is making reality. All that we know that's real, it's here. It's reality. We're living... (laughs) In reality, this is God's world. It's reality. To not affirm reality is to affirm chaos, darkness, a bottomless pit, metaphors in the Old Testament. The great chaotic deep, darkness, right? Boom. sexual intimacy, but sexual destruction. You, know, you see, it's interesting. Okay, um, 12, uh, 2.18, 2.18, another clue. Ugh. All right, then the Lord said, it's not good for the man to be, he should be alone. Now, let's just make some quick observations about the text. Well, but, but he's with God. This kills Piper's argument just a tad. It's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper, fit for him. Just so when we get to the, um, just to give a sneak preview, when we do get to the gender realities and we get to the roles of wife and husband, uh, helper, that word helper is such a tame word. It's such a bad translation. You should put in, I will make him a warrior princess for him. Why? Because that word helper is the word that's used for God, Yahweh, throughout the Old Testament to save and deliver Israel over and over and over and over again. So you could say, I will make him a warrior deliverer for him. That's just so fascinating. But a helper, that that fits many interpretations of reality. Biases. Now, out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field, every bird of the heavens, and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. And the man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not a helper. There was not a warrior, deliverer, fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, he took one of the ribs, closed up its flesh. It's placed with flesh, and the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman and brought her to the man, and then the man said, these are the first words of a human being. William, what are they in? Poetry. Poetry. This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and the woman were both naked and were not ashamed. Isn't that fascinating that the most destructive realities in the world are mentioned before they happen to give you a glimpse of what will happen, right? The most damage, the first emotion, the primary emotion of sin is shame and fear. Those are the primary emotions of, of sin. So, you know, again, I wish I would have beat what's-her-face to shame, to write on shame. I would have made billions. Dadgum. What's her name? No, no, no. Brown. Yes, Brene Brown. Dang her. All right. Uh, clues to that real quick. Clues to that. I mean, they're all over the place, right? There's, there's so many. Um, I'm just going to get right to it because we only have two more minutes, so I just got to get right to it. Ephesians five twenty-five: husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church, gave himself up for her, he might sanctify her. Um, in the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies, right? And then it gets down to verse 32, uh, 31, and, and this text from Genesis is quoted. And then Paul responds and says, this mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church, right? And then, however, let each of you love his wife as himself, and wife uh, see that you respect your husband. Okay, so here's the deal: the meaning of marriage. The meaning of marriage is this: the meaning of marriage that God has packed into marriage. When He, what is He? What's happening here? God is doing a work. God is yeah. There's sanctification, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go even broader speaking. I'm not even gonna get. We're gonna like we're gonna start with like the most basic language that we can fill in with all of our theological grammar. It's almost like we're going to start with, well, what is the chief end of man to glorify God? Okay, we're going to start with that kind of dynamic, but we're going to, get a, we're going to go a little bit more in to describe what that actually means. Okay, so you ready? Um, what's happening here is God's doing a work, a creative work, right? Uh, creation's a work, redemption's a work. Uh, you got inter-Trinitarian dynamics that go on, but we're not called to know what those intertrinitarian trinitarian dynamics are. The Bible even says so. Those aren't for you. But what is for you is whatever comes out. Creation is for you. And then uh, another work that is presently ongoing, sustaining in it is called providence, where God is presently upholding. I mean, still, what everybody's trying to figure out what the third particle is, right? And then you have the work of redemption. These are the works of God. But here's what I want you to see is that marriage is a work of God. And it also has a present tense reality because remember the mystery? Paul calls it a mystery, but he says, for this reason. Well, what what reason are you talking about? Right? I mean, it's a for, for this reason, in the Hebrew and in the Greek. And you're like, well, wait, 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 wait. What's the for? What did you just say? Well, this work that God just did for this reason. God did this work for this reason. A man will leave his family and join to his spouse. They'll become one. The work of marriage, the reason why you're married is because God brought you together. Period. There's no other meaning. There's no other, there's nothing else there than He did this mysterious... Now, it's profound, right? He had to take me to another part of the world to do it. To you, or my daughter, it's her next-door neighbor, the boy next door. It doesn't matter how it happened. But he sovereignly, personally, graciously, actively brings you together. Period. And when you do say, I do, and that does happen, he does this mysterious thing. I don't know. Can you explain it? I can't. He takes two people and makes one new creation, this new thing. And it's cosmic. uh, it's, It's certainly interpersonal. But it's the stuff of, like, mystery that two become one. And he did that. So you don't even make yourself one. When people talk about we're we're, we're fighting to be one, I'm like, no, you're not. You're already one. (laughs) Right? The issue is whether you're going to be a good one or a bad one. But you're one. You're on the same team. Are you going to be good teammates or bad teammates? So I'll tell that person, I say, listen, the beauty of this whole thing of marriage, you guys being married, is that God actually did the work. And because he did the work, You can get to work. Because he did the work, go be married. Because he did the work, go love each other. Because he did the work, find your feelings again. Because he did the work, bop. Because he did the work, bop. Because he did the work, you don't do the work. This can set you free in your marriage. You settle into that. Sink into that. God did the work. God's at work. He made you one. You're not two anymore. We're going to talk about this dynamic. and You're not two. You're not roommates. Uh, you're not two independent people. But you're also not, and I'll try not to flip anybody off. But you're also not, you're not one person swallowing the other person. I don't care if it's the husband swallowing the wife or the wife swallowing the husband. That's not what's happening either. It's not like, I'm God, come to me. It's two people who become this one new thing. Not two independent people, not roommates. Not one becoming a demagogue and having the lording over and the other bowing to worship them. But it's two people becoming a one thing. That's why Paul does this strange thing. And he's trying to argue to the husband. He says, dude, you you don't hate your hand, do you? No. Then why are you doing that to your wife? Because you're one. She's your body. You're one. Why would you speak that way? Do you speak that way to yourself? Right? That's the argument. The argument is God's already done it. The argument is the work's been done. It's a profound mystery. You know, how he does it, when he does it at what age he does that, how he's woven in all your life experiences. Fantastic, great. I mean, who knows? And that's what people end up doing. They write books about their personal experience and say and turn it into 10 steps that everybody tries to mimic. But the, the movement, the mystery, the work is God did the work. He brought you together. He made you one, period. So get on with it. Get on with the way it's supposed to be. You're not responsible. You don't manage this thing. You don't maintain this thing. You now enjoy it. You live in the freedom of it. And you work at it. You do marriage, whatever it's supposed to be. Okay? So, we get down to what's the rock? That's the only rock there is. Any other rock? Any other thing that you put as the meaning of marriage will kill you. And it'll kill your marriage. Functionally. Maybe formally. I don't know. Um and it won't support you it won't support your emotions it won't support your conflicts it won't support kids it won't support tragedies it won't support sin it won't support anything it'll just be sand and when a storm comes that's when you'll know oh crap i we we've been on sand i've been on sand we'll get into that, too. We'll get into that, too. Right now, we're establishing the meaning of marriage. And this helps me. Tonight's helpful, so now I kind of know where we need to go for the next couple of weeks. Um, we're certainly going to do, we're certainly going to tackle, I should have took a picture of some of that, but we're certainly going to tackle gender roles just because if you're not confused, you just know everybody else in the world is. You might have it straight, and you think you've got the roles all figured out, and you, you're, you're crushing it in your marriage, but nobody else is. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, and the reason why is because we we've got to get down to the bedrock, like just even that interpretation of the woman. Helper versus warrior-deliverer. I mean, come on. What kind of things come out of helper applications, embodiments, and what things come out of a warrior princess or a warrior deliverer applications and embodiments in society and culture and family dynamics, please? Well, the helper, good, I got a helper. Hey, help me over here. Hey, I need help over here. Helper, right? That never happens. All right, we'll tackle that. We'll tackle sex, um, and then we'll tackle, I think, some of the dynamics just of dating. Um, I'm preaching for those who aren't here yet. <laughs> so for singles and people contemplating, I'm still going to say it because you all know people and minister to people that are in those places. We have college students. I mean, again, I told you that in COVID, I've done more weddings than any other single year ever in the church. And I've got six already. Six. Six. Already this year. Like three this fall, three in the spring. Already. That's not even the summer yet. Crazy. So, amen, go in peace, go get your kids before I'm in trouble.